Today's episode is brought to you by The Booster Box. The Booster Box is the new premier local game store for Hampton Roads. Guys, if you're a local, you've got to go check this store out. They've got everything. They've got events popping off every day. Dragon Ball Super, Digimon, One Piece, Flesh and Blood. They've got Battle Spirits coming soon. Uh, if, if you play a card game, you name it, they've got it going on there. Definitely go check them out. They have a huge inventory of singles and sealed product. Um, so definitely get all of your cards there. Um, whatever you need, they have it and for those who aren't locals we are working on getting some things coming to discord and online soon so definitely be on the lookout for that that being said definitely go support them the booster box you can join their discord i'll put it in the link below and i'll put a link directly to their shop where you can go grab some cards today my name is fortune teller baba and you're listening to the hermit style podcast now where's my brother I need my 10 zenny back with 57 years interest. Welcome to the Hermit Style Podcast. Talking all about the Dragon Ball Supercard game. From competitive play to the world of collecting. With your host, Jimmy Bacon. Yo, yo, yo! What is up, everybody? Hermit Style Podcast. We're back. We are back. Uh, I am recording this intro, honestly, way after we did this episode. I apologize. I know it's been a while. Uh, we are coming out with regular episodes again. Just had a crazy start to the year, but we're back on track. I actually have two episodes ready to drop. Uh, today's episode is a special one. It's a collector's episode. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while, so wanted to drop a new one. And basically, the last episode, we did the year in review from player's per perspective. Obviously, we had Broken, the boy Trev. Uh, we have Mike on the podcast. Needs no introduction. Uh, if you didn't check out that episode, go check it out. It was, it was a really fun one. It was a really fun one. Uh, but today, we got Dar and Emmerich on the show, both two great collectors, figureheads in the collecting community. Uh, really big on Instagram. You can go check it out. Uh, Dar's Instagram is mythical saying Dar Gib and Emmerich's Instagram is the collector 86 and I will drop their tags, uh, in the description below. Uh, but yeah, really, really dope episode. And it's really cool to hear, uh, kind of how they felt about the game from their side. I will say their perspectives a lot different from the way Mike Trevor and I felt on the last episode. So pretty cool to hear how they feel about it because, they also contribute to the game overall. They contribute to the community, and it's important to understand both sides. Uh, it helps us to make better decisions as far as, you know, are there certain cards that we should be holding, selling, buying, trading? What's valuable to collectors? Because they are an important aspect of the overall game to keep it successful. Uh, I think it is important that Bandai keeps both the players and the collectors happy. And uh, it's also interesting to hear what they think about who drives the market more players or collectors. So we get into all kinds of things on this episode. It's a really fun one. So definitely stick out. That's the main topic. Uh, but before we do that, I do have some news. And again, just a reminder, this, this is late. I, I intended to drop this in January. So we recorded this episode about a month ago. So again, my, if anything's a little bit outdated, I apologize but uh, hopefully, hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, before we do, I'm going to get into some news that's current. So uh, let's jump right into that. News from the Lookout. All right, this is a longer episode, so I'll try to keep the news, uh, news kind of brief here. 
Uh, let's see. So we've got some events finally. Uh, events finally back. I am happy that we. It's. It feels like they're getting off to at least a little bit of better start than they had yet last year. Uh, we were pretty upset there wasn't anything announced till now, but hey, they're on it now. Events are coming, and the pricing is actually a big, big improvement from last year. Uh, so the pricing is much, much better. I'm definitely more incentivized to play from that aspect. Although in my opinion, the prizing shouldn't be why you play a card game like Dragon Ball, but it certainly does help, right? It's exciting. There's cool prizing. That's just exciting. So I'm definitely happy to report that this is much, much, much better than last year. Uh, I will say it's as cracked as COVID era prizing. But it's good. It's good. And one thing I like, too, is it looks like the IRL events are going to have slightly better prizing than the webcam, which I think is important uh, and incentivizes players to actually get out to the events and play. Uh, but they also did it in a way where the webcam prizing still very good. So uh, definitely stoked about that. There's serial Gokus. Um, I believe there's uncut sheets. There's all kinds of stuff uh, that they announced for some prizing coming up. So that's all good, good, good news. And then, um, yeah, so we've got March 12th is the first one. That's Card of Magica. Uh, I intend to play in that one unless something crazy happens. I've already registered. So super pumped to play in that. I've finally started playtesting again. I really haven't played a whole, whole lot since Nats. I just felt like we're in the off season. It was a good time for a little bit of a break. Now it's time to get back on the grind. You know, played here and there, but now I'm, I'm getting back in the swing of things. So, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all good news, right? That's all good. It's motivational, like... I feel motivated to play again. Uh, still not my favorite format, but I'm hopeful that the new set coming out, hopeful that'll improve it. I personally haven't tested it yet, but I, the way I look at it, nothing can be as bad as it is right now. It's, it's got to be better, right? <laughs> like It's got to be better. Hopefully they come out with a stellar ban list and uh, game improves. I think we can only go up from here. That's the mentality I'm trying to keep. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. They've got a lot of competition coming up with other games arising, so... Pressure's on Bandai right now, so I think think they, they got a lot of pressure to, to put out a really good product this year. So hopefully they will. It's certainly uh, the decisions that they've made so far, at least with organized play, are indicative of that. Uh, we'll get a little less optimistic with the next part. Collector's Box, uh, we started finally getting information on that. So it, it appears this product will release uh, basically side-by-side -side along with the normal set for set 20. So we'll have the normal set that we always have. And then we also have a collector's version where there's a completely separate product where it's set 20, the collector's version. So you can buy collector's boxes. They're much more pricey, um, but you get all foils. You get one SR in every pack and you get one card that's above an SR rarity. To my knowledge, that's at least what we are led to believe from what information they've released. I will say, though, they have... They've really dropped the ball on this. Like The information that they've released up to this point has been almost nothing like we just started getting some information about what cards are in it uh, we see the first ever ghost rare goku i see people arguing it's a rainbow rare for one that's semantics who cares uh two look at goku bro he looks like a ghost like just stop it y'all are capping you just want to argue about something dumb it, ghost rare rainbow rare i don't care what you call it we all know what we're what we mean uh it looks cool it looks cool uh the video they released of it looks a lot better than the scan and I'm excited about it. I mean, it's nothing like crazy, but it's cool. I, I want one for my collection. And then uh, they also released the Altar Cooler. Honestly, I think the original art SCR cooler looks better, uh, but it's still cool. It's fine. I'll probably end up with one eventually. But uh, yeah, the issue with this box, I'm going to go on a mini rant. <laughs> the issue with this box, one, 
Like I said, no information until now, and we still don't have the full details on it. Two, we continuously see them dropping these products that are failing with a similar goal in mind. We see Mythic Booster, right? Alt-Art set, supposed to be hype, all this crazy gold foiling, terrible, absolutely awful. Stores get burned. No one wants it. It's worthless. Awful, awful, awful product. Cards are cool. Sure. I, I picked up some of the cards. Not hating on the cards. Some of the cards looked really cool. But when you're talking about the value that a buyer gets from buying a sealed pack and the profits that a store gets from selling that product, both took an L. Consumer took an L. It was much easier to just buy singles. They saved a bunch of money. There is no incentive to buy sealed of this. And stores just, they just lost big time. Like they were, I saw so many stores selling below MSRP, below even their distributor rates just to get the thing gone. They're just taking the loss on it, recouping what they can. Uh, we see premium anniversary box, also a flop. People wanted it right before Nat. So yeah, you did get those sales then. Hopefully you made them then because they tanked. I have a baby hatch right now, guys. I've been trying to sell for $12. No one wants it. Someone told me I was too expensive. It's 35% off TCG low. I said, God, this product, like, product's just terrible, right? We see the reprint set, set 10 and 11. Granted, it's not all tarts. It's just reprint it, gets more product out. But they fail. And we just see them continuing to come back to this model of reprints, alt arts, of these products that are just poorly timed, poorly executed, it's not something that the consumer really wants. Like no one was asking for this. It would have been much, much cooler to have this as a standalone product in between sets. Kind of like the original anniversary box. The only time they did this when it was a hit, people loved anniversary box. Anniversary box was my favorite product. But this past year they ruined it and all because they had to drop this premium version. So that's my fear for this, right? is now they're dropping this premium version. So now it's just, man, I just think it's, I, I don't think this is going to succeed. I think stores are going to get burned. However, there's another issue that actually may save the stores that got the product. And that's that distribution is terrible for this. Like you cannot find these boxes. I've talked to so many local stores Myself included, you guys know I also very small just from my own little tiny little online store, but I never had access to even put an order into the distributor to get this collector's box. And I just put a poll up on Instagram and I was like, hey, how many people can even buy or pre-order these collector's boxes from your LGS? 70% said that they cannot order from their local game store. 70%. That's crazy. And I said, who's excited about the collector's box? 58% said they are not excited for this collector's box. Bro, that's on Instagram where the collectors are, right? Like that's, that's, that's mostly collectors, not players answering this question. So that right there tells me there's clearly something wrong. Obviously small sample size. So you know, I'm not saying that's fact or anything, but just from the way I'm feeling and from the way the Instagram community is feeling, it's not good. It's not good. The price point is very high. I think they knew that premium anniversary box did not succeed. So they thought, how do we fix it? So now they're trying to make it more limited with a similar product at a much higher price point. But the issue is, is that price point too high? Is anyone even going to want to buy these sealed boxes? Like, bro, what if I buy a sealed box? Because it's like 200 plus dollars for a box. What if I buy a sealed box? My SR suck and I don't pull an SCR. Like that could feel really bad. Now, granted, 
they haven't given us information as far as, you know, what is the distribution across cases for what you could pull? You know, what are the SCRs like? I don't know, but man, I have, I just have a lot of issues with this. And the fact that distribution is so poor, so many stores can't get it. That's like a huge problem. So I think one of two things are going to happen. One, it flops completely. No one cares. The value tanks, you're going to be able to pick it up very cheap. Or two, it's so limited that we're going to have like a destroyer Kings issue where these shit cards are actually worth a good amount of money just because of how limited they are, right? Just because of how limited they are. Like I've heard a lot of people saying that the original golden cooler SCR looks better, but is a collector's one going to be worth more just because of the higher price tag and the much more limited availability of the product? I don't know. The only like, just, I guess the only good thing you can pull out of that is for the stores like local stores who were able to place orders from the distributors, if that does raise the price up, at least those stores will take a dub on that, on that purchase, right? On that product that they sold, right? At least that's good because stores have gotten burned a lot off DBS over the past year. So at least that they can make a little something off of it. Sure. That's great. I just personally don't think it's good for the community. I don't think it's a product that anybody wants. I think it's a model that they're trying to push that keeps failing and I think they need to move away from these types of products. The way that they set up anniversary box is literally perfect. I think they need to go back to that as the primary way. They release alt arts with just really cool details as a single product, right? I think anniversary box has done it perfect all the way up until last year. Just go back to that model Bandai. We don't need the collector's boxes or you can get creative. Think of another way to release some of these cards, but this is just something that we don't need. And the worst part, like for me, right, is I tend to buy a lot of sealed sets, like right on release. I tend to buy a lot because I like to have the cards for myself. I sell. And I also like to make sure that I can get those cards out to the community. Like I, people know, like you can ask, I usually, I give first dibs to everyone in the Patreon, but people know I give good deals. I just ran a deal on the Patreon. I did 40% off all my singles. Like I like to make sure that people can get the cards that they want to get. And I tend to buy a lot of product to make sure that I can get the cards. I can give good deals and I can hopefully at least break even or make a little money myself. So that's the way I look at it. But when we have this now collector's version where we have a whole other print of all the valuable cards from the base set, is that going to kill the value of all these cards in the base set? Like now I'm worried. Am I going to just lose the bag on this? Right. Am I, Am I just going to take a big L just because of this set? That's what happened with the anniversary box. So I, I just have a lot of concerns about this product. I'm not happy with the way they've gone about it. They've been way, way, way too late on releasing information. No surprise. And just, man, the price point is steep. I don't think it's, I get it. It's a premium product. They tried to make it feel that way. I, I don't agree with where it's at, but we will see. We will see. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm all wrong. Call me an idiot. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> if you disagree, let me know. Happy to have a conversation about it. I just personally do not like this product. I like the cards. Just do not like the product. Do not like the timing of the product, the distribution, the distribution of the product or the pricing. Okay. Rant over. Let's go back to good stuff. <laughs> uh, reveals are at least done. We know what cards are going to be in the set. So uh, we'll have a top five episode coming soon. Uh, world's Prizing, great. They finally released World's Prizing. Hallelujah. 
it's roast pricing is great. Not as cracked as last year, but Hey, wait, first worlds should be cracked. Like this is number two. Now, if you missed out, sorry, but you, you it, like, right. You, you made it to worlds. You're doing better than everybody else in DBS. So hats off to you. And they're just going to shower you with <laughs> basically money printed in the form of cardboard. So congrats. Like the prizing is phenomenal. And if you sign up for LCQs, you're taking another dub. Like you, there's a good chance, like your whole trip is just paid for. And then some, if you decide to sell the cards just for attending LCQs, you get the uh, world's leader set. I bro, that's nuts. That is nuts. World's leader set, man. I'm like, I'm super jealous. I wish it was, uh, I wish it was in the cards for me to make it out to Vegas this year. So, mm. And then uh, you also get three of the Dragon Ball Games Battle Hour promo card set. Actually, really, really cool. The only thing I don't like about this is they made them numbered promos, so now I am forced to get them. Because <sighs> I got to have one of every Dragon Ball card. If this was not an official numbered promo, I probably wouldn't pick it up, but it's official promo. Got to have it for the promo binder. So, yeah, you guys made out like bandits. Uh, obviously, you do well. You get more prizing on top of that. World's prizing. You know, they, they brought back golds. There's a gold medal Bardock card. Very surprised they went with the base SCR Bardock, not the, not the God Rare. I guess they just want to keep the God Rare, you know, keep that exclusivity higher. Just a very weird choice to me. Like, why would they pick the base version? I don't know. Very, like, if you get it, it's still worth a ton of money. So, like, who cares if you're going to sell it? But, man, would have been cooler to see something that either didn't have an alt art. Uh, I don't, just honestly, anything but this SCR choice. I don't understand it. Uh, but at least you get the top eight. There's the Gohan SCR. That's crazy. It's got the stamp. And then first place, you get the gold SSB Goku. That's also super, super dope. Like that's that's crazy. It looks really, really nice. So yeah. You guys, uh, you guys make out like bandits out there. So congrats if you're going to LCQs or if you are one of the few who made it to worlds. Uh, but they definitely did good on that. So Hey, Bandai, I give you credit where it's due. Like that, that was good. That was, that was good. So hats off to you on that. Next time, please just announce, like you just need to learn that you have to announce this kind of stuff with enough time for people to make plans. There's a lot of people who decided not to sign up for LCQ, decided not to book their trip because they didn't know what they were going to get. Like nobody wanted to go out there. I mean, some people did, but most people don't want to go out there and just hear that, you have to play all day, get first place to get an invite to Worlds, and then you don't get anything else, right? Like, obviously, that wasn't likely to happen, but what if that was it? Now people already booked their hotels, their flights. Like, you just need to release this information earlier, Bandai. That way you give people opportunity who want to go, you give them the chance to go. So that's all. You, if you can do that a little bit earlier, this would have been perfect because uh, a lot of people com were complaining. You could have just avoid that negative pushback because this was all fire. Like th this was all fire. Like this is all great. Just please announce it a little bit earlier and people will be much, much happier. And then it's fair, right? Then it's fair. Everyone who wants to go knows what's on the line and then they can make the decision. Do I want to book my trip? So that's all. Uh, but yeah, that, that's all good stuff. All great. Um, yeah, other than that, just please update your website so that way we have information for the events. Like there's regionals that have been like low-key announced, but they're not on your website yet. Or if they are, it's in the wrong place. Like I go to online regionals right now 
And then when I go to online regionals and I go to North America, it still only shows last year's season. It shows October 29th, 2022. Like, come on, guys. Like, killing me, killing me. Like, that, that's the easy stuff. You know, just make sure that people have the information on your website. Uh, I know it's on the Facebook, but like, what happens if someone doesn't see it and then a week goes by? It's just hard, right? Like, just get the information on your website, please. But uh, anyways, that's it for the news. Uh, that was a little bit longer than I intended. I, I'm sorry, but there was a lot since the last time I was on here. There's other small stuff I didn't go into, but I think that was most of like the, the big news here. So yeah, that's it. Again, let me know what you think. Is Bandai doing the right things, wrong things? I personally think there's a little bit of both. They got some things right. They got some things wrong. Um, all I ask is that they improve. Like, please learn from it. My only concern again is just it doesn't seem they're learning from their failures, like from their failed products over the past year or two. My only concern. So we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe collector's box is a huge success, but uh, yeah, prizing great. And I please keep it up with the prizing. Please keep rolling events out. People want to play when there's good prizing. Uh, that's like, that's all you got to do for you guys. Just printing cards, just print some good cards. People will be there. So, all right. I'm off my soapbox. Uh, we're going to take off with the collector's chat today. I hope you enjoy. Let's hop into it. Turtle School Weekly Focus. All right, everybody. Welcome into our main topic this week. We've got a fun episode planned, a little different from the last one. So earlier this month, if you tuned in, I had Mike and Trev on, and we talked all about how 2022 was from the player side of things. Uh, we talked about events, organized play, uh, decks that we like, formats that we like, things we didn't like, uh, some of our favorite moments. Well, I thought that's cool, but we've also got a lot of collectors in this space and their perspectives could be way different. Maybe they're the same. I honestly don't know. So I was like, why don't I bring on collectors and let's get a collector podcast going. So I'm super stoked to have... Dar, back on the show, Mythical Saiyan Dar Gib. What's up, my man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we got Emric, my boy Z Collector 86 from Instagram. What's going on? Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, if you guys had tuned in a while back on our last Collector episode, Dar was on uh, with our buddy Chris, and uh, we had a great conversation. And if you guys tuned into our Benefit live stream that we put on, I think that, that was last year, righty? That was last year? That was 2022? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had Eon in the uh, collector segment. So, yeah. So now we've got both of you guys back on the same show to just talk about DVS, man. Talk about collecting. But um, yeah, yeah I'm stoked about year. this. Really? OK, so before we get into it, though, before we get into it, uh, to, I just want you guys to, like introduce yourselves because I don't know if a lot of my listeners are familiar with you guys, but you're both very big in the Instagram scene. So. Whoever can go first, just kind of introduce yourselves. Uh, let me know a little bit about you, DBS, whatever. Yeah, I'll let you go first, brother. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so I'm Emmerich, Z Collector 86 on Instagram, and I'm mainly a collector. Um, I collect a lot of Dragon Ball vintage cards, so like Super Battle, Honden, some Visual Adventure, um, old school Panini cards, things like that. And then I also um, have been mainly into like Dragon Ball Super sets. I'm not like like Dar now who's moved into the world of prize cards and medals and things like that. Although I wish I could. 
Um, but I, I, you know, I stick to my, my lane there in the, in the set card world. And, uh, I tried, tried playing this game and, uh, you know, thank, thanks to Chris for, for trying to tutor me in, in the ways of Dragon Ball Super, but my brain doesn't work, <laughs> doesn't work that <laughs> So I still have a green Gotenks deck like sleeved oh, up because God. I, I throw it out. I, <laughs> I am a fierce defender of Gotenks as a character, so <laughs> I will take any opportunity to defend him. Um, and maybe I'll get back to playing at some point. I just don't have the time to like to figure it out beyond a very, very basic level. So that's uh, that's me in a nutshell. Cool, cool, man. Glad to have you. Super dope about the vintage stuff. I definitely want to get into some of that a little bit on this show, too. Um, but sure. yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know anything about it. And I don't think like a lot of people I don't think are educated. In it, so that's that's super dope. But uh, Dar, let's uh, head on over to you, bro. Um, uh, my IG handle is mythical Sandar Gib. Um, I've been an active collecting again for, I think this will be my ninth year. So I've been doing it for a while. Um, and I dabble in pretty much everything that, uh, E does as well. Like I do a lot of the vintage stuff with like Hondan, um, super battle, a little bit of visual adventure. Um, I do a little bit of score and Panini Z, um, some of the 2008 card game. So I've dabbled in pretty much like all of Dragon Ball's games, but uh, 2015, when I kind of like got back into the scene, I started off with IC Cardass, which is the the precursor to DBS, um, and that's kind of really what got me into DBS, and just kind of been sticking with it um, ever since. So I've just been plugging along. Um, I also cross collect. I do uh, Pokemon, a little bit of Digimon, um, and some Gundam as well. Nice, nice. Hell yeah, man. So, so one thing. So I'm really interested. How do you think DBS compares to the vintage games? Like, what what do you guys prefer? Um, that's a loaded question. It depends on what are you trying to to do. So, like, I think for us, and I think E could probably attest to this as well. I think most people in today's landscape are focused a lot more on grading, and because of that. Um, I think that vintage really hasn't exploded because it is so much harder to find quality cards because back in those days, everything was done through vending machines. Um, the production right. <laughs> quality just wasn't as good. So like a lot of those cards are really hard to find in quality. You can, you can buy a sealed white box and still have issues. Um, so I think for if, if people are trying to get into vintage, they're going into it with a mindset that not everything's going to be a 10. Um, and you're just kind of happy to to have a, a clean copy. You might get a, an 8.5 or a 9 or something like that. Um, but, I, I mean, I see the value in, in all of Dragon Ball products. Vintage just makes me feel more like a kid, though. Um, and that's literally what started my first ever collecting experience with Dragon Ball, was starting with uh, Hondan and Super Battle. Those were the very first Dragon Ball cards I ever owned. What, what even is that? <laughs> like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Um, I actually just had a uh, an IG spotlight with with E on this very topic. Um, we wanted to to kind of give a little bit of exposure, but the the two ty- types of cards that I was talking about, like Cardass, is lumped into like it's just a, a broad umbrella term for like all of pretty much vintage cards. So like Visual Adventure, Hondan, uh, Amada PP. Um, any of those kind kind of fall under that umbrella, and it's basically just a way to talk about cards that have like a certain prismatic 
foiling and like the boom of like the late 80s and early 90s of like all the cards being manufactured wow. at that. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, that's cr- It's crazy to think some of those cards then are like 30, 40 years old. Uh, I mean, some of them, yeah, are older than us. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Thank man. goodness because I feel pretty old, and so I'm reassured that there are cards slightly older than me in Dragon Ball. <laughs> Otherwise, oh man, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I was gonna say like card ass too, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Dar, like because I think you know a little bit more about this than me, but a lot of card ass cards were distributed, as you mentioned, like via vending machine, kind of in the same way that Heroes is via the the arcade system. Right. So I don't know if Visual Adventure kind of fell into this category, um, but I know that like Honden and Super Battle um, were cards that you could get through, you know, like through vending machines. And um, I think Amada PP were mainly like pull packs, like kind of booster packs of cards, although that set is so massive. I don't really know. I haven't even like dived into that that set um, much at all. But I think that for me, like in terms of what I prefer collecting and and which has the greater appeal, which I think is what you were asking about, Jimmy, is I, I love Dragon Ball Super for a lot of reasons. Like I think the texture on the card, the design, the mixture of like all the different franchises and video games is really, really neat and innovative. Um, but just like Dar mentioned, like collecting those older cards, and I was thinking about this in the car on the way on the way home today, it it's funny, like I can look at a card and it brings me back to like very clear moments of watching the anime or reading the manga and like very strong visceral memories as a kid of like falling in love with Dragon Ball in a way that like Dragon Ball Super card game doesn't quite do for me, which makes sense, right? Because like one came out more recently than the other. But um, there are like, you know, even the non-foil versions of these older cards, like I can look at these things and I immediately know exactly where we are in the story and the arc. And um, and it, I don't know, it's like warm, fuzzy feelings collecting all these all these older cards. It's like a part of my my personal history, um, even though I do have quite a few Dragon Ball Super cards that I, that I really, <laughs> really enjoy. Like, yeah, let's let's not uh, forget your most past uh, recent PSA sub there, E. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> uh, so he among said other- one of the most large subs I've ever seen. I mean, it was how many cards was it total? Like 157. I think. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. It's like I had been holding on to all these pre-release cards and I was like, man, the day that PSA runs a special, I'm subbing everything. And then they ran the special, and without doing the math on what 15 times 157 was, I was like, I was like I'm just going to send in, like, complete, I think with the exception of two cards, it was, like, all Unison Warrior complete pre-release leader sets, which, with the exception of, Whoa. I think, three cards, all of them got tens. And then in that, like, and then a bunch of, like, French and Italian cards, which I'm really into collecting from from Dragon Ball Super, like, the French-Italian variants of the, of the set cards. And, uh, you know, it took like two and a half months to grade. And then when they came back, I was kind of like, I think I'm over this. Like, I think I'm over <laughs> all of these slabs. And like, with the exception of like, a, like, I would say like maybe 30, everything is gone. Like it's all, it all got moved to pay for the sub. <laughs> that's Pretty wild, much. man. That's wild. Hey, you know what, bro? That, that's why I like you. You you are a man of your word, even if it's the word to yourself. <laughs> You told yourself if there's a deal, I'm gonna send them all. You sent it. 
You just said, I don't even look at the price. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he yeah, did when... that, I was just like, man, what a baller. <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is reckless spender. <laughs> hey man, bo- both can be one and the same, you know? That's true. Um, all right. So I have one more question about vintage before we shift the conversation almost entirely over to DBS. Uh, and, sure. well, this is actually a good segue. If you could only have one, right? You can have all the vintage sets or just DBS. What do you keep? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, just, Hey, just, just your own, just your own, pre- like right now, if you could keep all of your vintage collection or you could keep all of your DBS collection, what would you keep? I don't, I mean, this is tough for me because I just made such a big move that I, I feel like obligated to say DBS, but my, like my favorite <laughs> possession, my favorite possession in my entire collection is my sealed super battle part 20 box. Like they're just so hard to find. And like, I remember the day like getting that and I still have it just like displayed. And as, as he knows, I've been trying for many years to find a, a part 19 box to like display with it sealed. And like, I just, I don't know if they even exist anymore. Well, and to also to just because I don't know if Jimmy knows about part 19 and part 20, but like um, part 19 and part 20 of super battle is like the, basically like the big GT set and has some of the, the most sought after cards in super battle outside of like the very first set. But the part 20 box, like the cover has it's like a dual panel art, kind of like the World Martial Arts Tournament set, which is, I think, the reason why you and I both oh, really like. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, not only in that GT Super Battle do you have, like, um, hidden prisms and double prisms, which are cards that, like, you peel to reveal a second card behind it. You have So you have, like, double prisms and hidden prisms that reveal dual panel artwork that you can get in one set and then you complete the other panel in the other set or that you complete them within the same set. But like the artwork on the box itself has like an SS4 Goku card where like you get one half of his face on part 20 and then you get the other half of his face face on part uh, 19. Okay, okay. It reminds yeah. me of and, like the uh, like the anniversary uh, boxes kind of. Yeah, kinda. yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, so it, it is part 19. Like when they got to the end of printing Super Battle, the print run on that whole set was getting like lower and lower because they were getting ready to transition to a new set and they weren't quite sure what the numbers were going to be. So they didn't print quite as much, which is why like the white boxes, which is the the boxes that you, you got these sets in before they hit the machines. Um, like you can find them in abundance for like the middle sets because of when it was really popular, but as it's getting to the end of its run, it's really hard to find unopened white boxes from like parts eight. So th- this whole time I, I, I listened to Dar's, uh, you know, the, if you guys don't know Dar on Instagram and they referenced it earlier, does these really dope like collector spotlights and they're, they're basically podcasts. I keep telling Dar, just make it a podcast. Just like go all in, like publish that. But, uh, they're really good. They're really informative. He highlights really cool collectors, but I know you guys did this one and you, you did another one. I don't remember the guy's name, but it was also, I think it was about like score another yeah yeah Yeah, i just did one with uh an instagram collector by the name of super saiyan north um he's a graded score collector and he's been collecting score for you know the past 20 years or so um so he's uh he's been somebody that i you know have i wanted to get somebody on there that knew a good bit about um you know score and could educate people and that's really the main point of getting like these ig spotlights as you can see like 
Um, he's very passionate and he knows a lot about Cardasso. Like I want to target people that want to help people and, um, you know, get them their brand out there, but also have a way to connect with people who are maybe like-minded and maybe come across my page, seeing all the crazy stuff I do <laughs> to connect with these other collectors. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I, Cause I was just, I was, I was like, man, I was like, you probably explain some of the things that you're explaining now, but I was like half listening, like I was working and doing it. And I realized like probably like halfway in, I was like, I need to be fully focused on this because <laughs> I'm so uneducated on these, on these older card games, but it's really dope. And I, now I, now I understand what the white boxes are. Cause I heard you guys in that one reference white boxes. I was like, what is a white box? Now I get it. Um, all right. My favorite card. My favorite comment on that spotlight, though, was yours where you're like, I've got no clue what you guys are talking about, but I'm here for it. And yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm always down to hear about some cards, man. Always down. Always down. But uh, all right, let's let's hop in to 2022 and review uh, for collectors. So uh, whoever kind of wants to start, I know we were just kind of briefly discussing this before the podcast started and Realm of the Gods obviously was was a big set for 2022 and that i think kind of started it off and i think that was in my opinion that was probably pretty big for the collectors with the god rare but i'd like to hear what you guys thought about it and we can kind of go from there yeah i mean i think this year for dragon ball super for collectors has had a lot of eye candy right like this has been definitely the year of the god rare um the introduction of what serial prize cards um, these new metals are fantastic looking. We even have like a little bit of the Dragon Ball Heroes playbook with kind of like, I think what they're moving towards a little bit with those, these Gohan rares, kind of like those dramatic art kind of equivalents where you're having like these subset of cards coming into play again that like recount um, like character highlights or like choice moments in the show or like from the history of DBZ. Um, I'm probably missing a ton of stuff that, that Dar, that Dar is going to the name, but like, there's been a lot of stuff this year that's been really cool in to see introduced in the, in the game itself from a collecting standpoint. I, I mean, I think that this is probably one of the best periods, if not the best period, wow. um, for collectability, because from my perspective, like when there was a lot of people that were new kind of coming on board. There was this whole big fuss, like, cause there was, there was a, a moment right around like where universal onslaught hit, then the pandemic hit. And then everybody kind of like saw like universal onslaught and got excited about it. And then they changed the style in unison warrior. So when that happened, a lot of people kind of were like a little annoyed that they took away like the texture and like, they kind of focused more on like, what is considered non-canon characters and like a lot of collectors i felt like were kind of scorned by that and so i feel that over the past couple years bandai really listened to a lot of the feedback from collectors and they've done nothing but give collectors pretty much everything they want like every main set now has at least one ser that's considered canon um they're pulling stuff like you know vintage style cards like oath of z um there's the texture back um they, i mean they really have done a lot to make the sets work so that people who feel like they maybe missed out on the early stuff 
feel still pretty good about getting like a god rare if they're lucky enough. So they've I just think they've done a lot of listening to collectors and they've really pandered to kind of make um this game similar to like a Pokemon style. Like, you know, there is a collector base that is just as active as its player base. Um and they would kind of want to keep both bases happy. It's so it's so interesting to hear that because um, you know, in in the parallel in the, in the players world, we were talking about how bad <laughs> it, it was for the like the past year for players. I mean, we we as players have I in my opinion, we had a pretty bad year. I don't know if I would call it the worst year, but it was definitely not a not a high. But that's really dope to hear from your guys' side how great it was, because that at least brings in a little more positivity and reassurance that like, Hey, maybe this target market wasn't as satisfied, but these like the collectors who have been dissatisfied for almost all of Unison warrior, you're telling me this is one of the best years. So that that's obviously a good thing to get them back in. Right. I, I mean, I think so. I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I, I just, when I look at some of these sets, like that, I feel like they've been performing pretty well, like uh fighter's ambition, um, you know, with the, the Sun Gohan, rares that are like kind of like i guess you consider they're kind of like an spr right um they have performed very well um and i feel like those cards are a nice um collectible piece you get all five of them together like that's something that gets people out to buy product um and then because really what i think they want to do is they don't want people like having products sitting on shelves and Whenever they did like those those reprints of like the first u- two Unison Warrior sets, oh terrible idea, really, terrible idea. And it was it was mainly because like players didn't have access to what they needed. Right, there's a lot of staples in those like Dormant Potential, um, uh, Violent Rays was in there. Like there was like a lot of stuff that I knew that you guys uh, needed access to that you didn't have access to. And then they put like that stupid reprint set on, and like now none of like those cards and either of those sets really are worth like anything. Yeah, um, and the funny thing so, is that. By the time they released, no, like players didn't care at all. <laughs> yeah. it, it was like way too late. Yeah, it took too long. Um, they there was too much uproar from like the the people who had just joined, and they were worried about their products um, getting diminished. But then, like when you do stuff like that, you you kind of stick it to your local businesses, right? Because like I still like I can go to any of my shops locally, and I'll still see like the second printing boxes. Just sitting there because yep. nobody wants them. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that I mean, I'll, I'll backtrack in a second, but just to speak on the the reprints, I think what really backfired for them was releasing those two sets as reprints, followed immediately by Mythic Booster, which I think was another whole set of basically like alt art reprints that like had, from my understanding, Jimmy, and you can correct me, like a a couple of cards that were meta relevant, but largely most of the reprints and alt arts were not really meta relevant. No, they weren't. Um, I can't tell you how many Broly's and Goten, the awakenings I have like in a box somewhere. I'm just like enough. Like, (laughs) but you know, even, even the SCRs that they chose, like granted the artwork is really awesome, but it didn't really excite the player market. I don't think because it was like, who's using SS4 Vegeta in a deck. And then the cell, like Cell Zeno then got capped at the knees with the um, with the errata, so that kind of like defeated the purpose of reprinting that. You know, um, after a month of it being out, and I think like having three effectively like what were three reprint sets in a row, 
on top of a full set that was released at the same, like around the same period, I think was just like too much. Um, couldn't be sustained by anybody. Like, um, but I, I do agree with like, with Dar that like, I think Zenkai has been really interesting for me. I know he's not a fan of the first set, but I, I think that the artwork on the first set, not even just talking about value of cards, I think the artwork in these two sets has been really strong. And that's something that I look for a lot is like, the art itself, regardless of the rarity, like up until recently, I was collecting full sets of like full master sets of everything from Unison Warrior on. And I really am a fan of like just good artwork. And I think those Z Awaken leaders have some really cool um, movement on them with the way that the leaders are depicted on them. The San Gohan rares are really cool, neat subset. The SPRs look great. Even the SRs from my standpoint, look really good. And then the SCRs have just been really, really nice. Like just a pleasure to like an exciting pull, regardless of whether it's the SCR you want or not. Um, but also texturally just really, really gorgeous cards. And I think they're, they're hitting it out of the park from that standpoint in terms of set cards. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I'm sorry. What I, you um... Cody. Oh, that wasn't me. I think that was Jimmy. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Dar. I think, I don't know, my audio must have messed up. But anyways, Dar, you can go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that when I look to, I, I look at, like, the performance of, like, older sets, too, so when I'm, like, evaluating how I think that they're doing. And if you actually go through and you look, like, if you're not a graded collector and all you're looking at solely is just, like, the price of, like, a near-mint raw card, on the marketplace if you go and actually look at tcg player at the, like the first 15 you'll see that the new sets do really well so i'm looking at it right now top two are sun goku the awakened power and then apex third one is broly asian of destruction and then after that it gets interesting sun gohan beyond the ultimate piccolo and sun gohan newfound might ssb vegeta free coup then you have ultimate force vegeto so there's the fourth one from like sets one through nine then you have uh, Cumber, SS4, Vegito, Kai. So, like, there's a lot of really newer cards that are kind of holding their own weight against some of those older ones. So, I think to me, that says they listened to people from the collector side that they knew they needed to maybe inject some of these like canon moments into, um, you know, the secret max rarity and kind of, you know, make it worth make it worth that chase of opening up product. Yeah. And I, I, while you're doing that too, I was actually looking up how some of the sealed is doing and realm of the gods, obviously that's going to sell high, right? It, people are chasing a God rare, but it's those boxes are reselling currently for about two twenty. Uh, we've got, and then the last two sets are at around a hundred to one twenty. Now ultimate squad is doing terrible. That's at $50 a box. And that felt like what it had been going to for a while. And a lot of people weren't happy about that either, but honestly, I'm a little surprised that these last two sets are actually holding value at around retail or higher, uh, for, for the seal. That's actually, that's actually pretty surprising to me. I, and I think a lot of it has to do like, like he said, I don't really like the, the first Dawn set. And largely from an art standpoint, I really don't like it. But I like the SCRs. Like the, the SCRs draw me in. I think that they have really good max rarity cards. But like outside, like I also am a master set collector. So like I like to look at sets as a whole because I'm going through my whole binder. And like I just thought like some of the, the Zenkai art was a little funny, but it's kind of grown on me 
as we're getting a little bit further into it. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to hear. So here's a question for you before we kind of get back into the year in review. Um, it just kind of dawned on me. So when you are talking about, um, I guess when you're talking about these different sets and whatnot and how you feel they're doing, you were saying, you know, obviously they catered a lot more to collectors. They did a lot of things that collectors are very happy about. So as far as the market goes, how much of an impact do you think collectors have on the market? Do you think they have a big impact? Do you think it's mainly player driven and collectors support it? Or do you think it's the other way? Do you think collectors are the ones like purchasing in bulk and the players are the ones that just kind of contribute to what the collectors are doing? I'm just, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. So from my perspective, I still think that players are the, the bigger contributor to market motivators and like what is hot, what's not. Um, however, I do think that for the max rarity, so like secret rares, um, I, I think that is probably about a 50-50, but anything else is like, it's really driven by you guys because you are going to be throwing it in your decks. Like I, whenever um, I started like the IG spotlights and stuff, I, I was talking with Tom, Top Sun Goku, and we were talking about like ways to like, get connected with players because we felt so disconnected from the player and collector base. Um, and like, we wanted to see like, if there was a way to like bridge the gap on, on things, because I know that like, whenever I'd go into like the Facebook groups and stuff, I remember seeing like a lot of frustration on people like buying out certain cards and like then players like, we don't have this. Why are, why is this happening? How do we get our game back kind of deal? Um, but I, I think that now the printing is like, I think that early on the printing was pretty heavily um, printed just because they were trying to get the game off the ground. Then it maybe dipped because like the, the presence wasn't there for people buying up product. And then the, the collector base came in in the COVID years. And I think that has kind of swung things up. Um, but you guys definitely, I still think, are more market driven than us. Yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting take. And I, I definitely tend to agree with it. I don't. I don't know if I agree that the SCRs are 50-50. I think it just depends on the SCR. Like, I think I think there's like a scale, you know, like if it's an SCR that's collectible, that collectors are obviously chasing, then I think collectors are going to impact it way more than players. Um, yeah, it definitely does matter for that. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with the things we were talking about. Like, a lot of collectors, it, like, if basically, if it's like not Goku or Vegeta, for the most part, most people like don't want it in their collection for whatever reason. Even right. if it is a fantastic-looking right. card, it's just those two just hold so much weight. And then like we don't really have enough niche collectors. Like if you go into like Pokemon or like Yu-Gi-Oh, like there's certain people that are collecting certain monsters or certain. You know what I mean? Like we don't really have that yet. Um, so I think they have been trying to make sure that at least one of the Saiyans is on a secret rare now, um, because a lot of that Unison Warrior stuff, like they didn't have as many of like the good sayings on them and kind of that was reflected of how people were buying up product at that time. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, the way I've always looked at it is if there's a playable SCR, it doesn't matter who the character is. It's going to be in the realm of, I would say 200 to 400, depending on how good that deck is. Like if it's a tier zero deck, or every tier one deck needs is SCR, it's going to be 300 plus. If it's an SCR that just maybe 
one tier one deck plays, but it's a really strong deck and you need to have that SCR. I'm looking now in like the, the two to 300 range. Now, if any of those SCRs are also collectible, I'm just expecting that to double at that point or more. That's kind of, yeah. that's kind of how I, I look at it. And I think that's kind of been proven. Like if you look at apex of power, like obviously very, very collectible, a lot of collectors, you know, seek that card, but there's been many times where invoker has been a top tier deck. And then all of a sudden collectors need it. So now collectors are wanted to dish out the cash. And then that's when we saw that card over a thousand dollars for the, for the raw copy yeah. at one point. Um, same thing with, uh, with victory strike, you know, awaken power, um, either apex victory strike too. I don't know. I just consider the a drop victory strike. I don't know why, but awaken power. I mean, same thing like that, that card skyrocketed, it became like the face. I feel like of the game for some collectors and, um, there was times where that card was, was very playable. So I've, I find it interesting when it's playable and the collectors go after it and then who the characters are, because those cards, I feel like were way more driven by collectors. But if you look at a card like beast Gohan, I feel like it's more 50, 50. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, I, I mean, I just think that beast Gohan, they did, such a phenomenal job oh my with, god like, it's so nice texture and how how it looks like and obviously too like it's it's grading very well like there's a lot of high high graded cards of that go on so it's also something that people are chasing because they are hunting maybe a black label and you know that's good trade bait if you're trying to if you're missing out on something from like the early sets and somebody doesn't have that you know what i mean like so that's right right that, it's a card that's just it's perfect from both sides. Yeah. It, interestingly enough, as I looked at this SCR, these these cards too, I haven't really gone through them in in a little bit. A lot of them have really fallen recently. I don't know if you've noticed that or if that's a trend right now, but a lot of these SCRs are like heavily falling. I mean, we you can pick up a let's see. You've got SSB Vegeta's down to, he's under 200, he's at 170. You got Freak, who's down to 140. That had been above 200 for a long time. Um, yep. I, a, any thoughts on what's driving those prices down? You think it's just the economy? And I mean, the economy is kind of shit right now. I mean, you think that has to do with it, or are there more factors? Uh, I'll let you take that one. Uh, well, inflation stinks. But I also would wager that the folks who really wanted those cards have them already, right? So, like, I don't know what the black label count is on, you know, something like Friku or SSB Vegeta, but I know that, like, Gohan, for instance, is at 32 black labels graded already as of yesterday, maybe 33. Um, and my guess is that, like, with, with Friku, it doesn't seem to be very playable at the moment. No. Um, it's, right. it's so, never really been, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I, I think that like the fact that people aren't seeking it out for decks impacts it. And I also think that all the people that at least collectors, like when that card came out, like, you know, Dar and I both know collectors that like on release bought like six, seven, eight copies to grade right away. And then Someone once you sold got for your 600, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah, no, it was wild. And I was just like, who, where, where, where do you guys work? Like, it's pretty wild. Um, but I mean, I think like for those cards, especially like SSB Vegeta and the God Rare, like we saw a rush in the beginning and then it kind of calms down. And I think it's because the collectors that are really going after those cards, once they have their one copy in a PSA 10 or a BGS 10 or, or black label, 
unless they're grading multiple to sell and fund other grading costs, they're not really seeking that stuff out anymore because they're, you know, it's off the checklist. Um, that makes sense. Which would make sense. Yeah. So yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I feel like that means at this point we need more collectors in, right? Like that's got to, we got to grow, get, get these cards going. <laughs> yeah, I, I also think too, for those two particular cards that we're mentioning, like the SSB Vegeta, I think too, that, maybe more people are trying to while they can obtain the god rare version of that one and then i think also what we know is coming up in like the next month right is the silver freaku so like that silver freaku also possibly hurt the the original printing of that one because now it's not like the best one of it that's, that's interesting that you say that i was actually really curious to hear what your thoughts were on that because when so my my gut instinct was that it wouldn't impact it much because those are going to be so much harder to get that they'll be viewed as almost just separate. Um, but I'm, it's interesting that you say that because if all collectors had that same mindset, then that could just really just completely tank those cards. I don't know if like we all necessarily have that same mindset, but I know that like for instance with like what E was talking about earlier with like the reprints of like. SS4 Vegeta and like Xeno Cell and stuff like that. I remember whenever like they were first announcing those, I was like, oh, cool. Like my my original copy should go up now because these there's like these reprints coming along. And like it did the absolute inverse of what I thought was going to happen. And it <laughs> dismantled any kind of like value that those cards had. And, you know, whenever they did like the special anniversary boxes, like we've seen that as well. And, and I know that there's people that'll argue like, the order of the card and like the harder of the grade and stuff like that. But like we've seen it across the board, like especially, and I always based it more so off of PSA rather than like BGS because the volume for PSA is more of like a more of a representation of what's really out there rather than just the select few who are sending in like their very best copies to try and get the best grade. Um, so like a lot of those cards, like we, I mean, I remember when AOD, was like over 700 bucks now it's down to like 350 um yeah, i know it's crazy like, like hyper evo i don't think that's been over 100 bucks for a while ever since they announced those reprints so like a lot of these cards that have been getting like reprinted have really hurt the first printings whether that was intentional by bandai or not um i'm not sure like and that to me signals that probably you guys as players still have more impact than we do as collectors. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I I guess this one was just more interesting because like, especially with the silver Freaku, that's so much harder. To, I mean, anyone could go pick up that premium anniversary box and get those reprints. You know, anyone could have bought an anniversary box, but I mean that those silver Freakos, that, that was, that was hard to get, man. Like that, yeah. that that's very limited. Um, but that, yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying definitely makes sense. And <laughs> It sucks he got burned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if you came in at the peak hype, you probably you're feeling it a little bit right now. Um, I I fortunately didn't have to deal with this. Like, if I did lose on any of these, like, it's not anything that's impacting me too hard. But I'm sure there are people that came in late, bought at the hype yeah. prices, and are oh my god, like, <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to say I did not buy cells Zeno at, at 700. I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Um, there you go. But, there you go. Yeah. 
we, we've got our, we've got our, uh, what did you say earlier? Our, our uh, irrational buyer. <laughs> oh, not, I'm very rational. I'm just very reckless. Oh, reckless. That's what it was. Reckless. Right. We've got our, we've got our reckless, our reckless buyer here. Um, all right. So kind of bring us back to 2022. So what were your, some of your guys' favorite, and I guess we discussed this a little bit, but just personally on your own, what, what were some of your favorite things that Bandai did this year? So my, my favorite thing that I've been like really interested in, um, throughout the course of this year is I've been really into the, the alt art regional cards. I don't know what it is about them. I just like, I, I like the ones that had the winner on them from the previous year, but I think removing the winner on it and just making like a, a full art alternate art to me, I, I just really like them. And I just think that they've been doing really good arts of them. Um, so that's something I've been kind of doing. And, and part of that is a little bit of um, like, it, it's gotten me connected with like players a little bit more, just having the conversations and uh, you know, what, what their tournament experiences is like, like just like, you know, just BSing while I'm in the process of like purchasing those cards. Um, so that's helped me connect with some players, which has been nice. And then also just, um, I, I think that there's, room for opportunity with those kind of things um it, it, to me those kind of feel like in, in pokemon like uh sm pratt i don't know if you guys know him but he's like a, a big youtuber and he always talks about okay you know he talks about a bunch of different things but one of the things he talks about all the time is like when people first start out what is the first thing they do they go to like their local walmart or target and they pick up a pack and then maybe they start at their lgs and they pick up a booster box and you start with set cards and then as you progress and get more you dive deeper into this rabbit hole you you thirst for that knowledge of like where do these things come from so i've been like thirsting that knowledge going down this rabbit hole of like all of these tournament cards and it's it's been a fun fun adventure for me that's that's really dope man and i'm i'm glad to hear that because honestly for players listening that's probably like one of the best things that a player could hear right because a lot of these players don't care about these prize cards they're they just want to play so for them the prize i mean it sounds uh i guess a little shallow but the the prize is to sell them (laughs) you know like they get to win these cards and they sell them and then they get to go play a game they love and if they do well they get their trip paid for they get their entry fee paid for and like that that, that's a super good feeling so it's it's definitely cool to hear that you're into those uh, as a collector uh because that's that's ultimately what players would love the most is if collectors chase these winner promos yeah i mean i'm sure i'm funding some people's travel uh (laughs) because i've been i've been all over them um but like i to me like I think it's a no brainer for me because we just talked about the SCRs a little bit stuff. Like a lot of these cards that like I'm picking up, um, you know, some of them are like, aren't maybe necessarily as desired by other collectors as, as they are for me. But like, if I'm going to be picking up a card that I know that there's like only so many in circulation and I can pick it up for 60 bucks, which is like the same price as like an SCR that's not popular. Like, and I know that there's a lot less of them. Why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, hey, yeah, hey, man, I love the winter print. I ha- I I collect them as well. I love those things. Uh, I don't think I'll ever have a full set of them. That's okay, but they're they're great. I do disagree though. I like the stamps. I want the stamps yeah, back. I was say the same thing. Although I don't like some of the winter stamps they've done. Some of them look a little tacky to me. 
I think it depends on the how they do it. Like I think like the um, like like last year's regionals, like the one I posted today, the Mecha Kabora, like across like the mm-hmm. the middle and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't necessarily mind though, but like the one that I I posted yesterday, like the uh, the King Piccolo, the like it's like a oh stamp that was terrible. I hate that where one. you like like it's like a letter seal and it looks really kind of awkward on those the card. Those are the worst but, ones. So like those ones, they're like I like it a little bit more subtle. Like I like the ones like you know, um, like the, uh, like, I don't, I don't think these are necessarily for like the regionals, but like just like tournament prizing for like shops and stuff where like the launch or like the, um, the Vidal where it's like the winner along the side of like the border of the card. Yeah. Like that, those are dope. Those are a lot nicer. Um, but like the ones that I've been getting this year, you know, the, the, I got, I got a sin from, from E I got a, a King Vegeta, um from my buddy Jem and I picked up uh Sun Goku Calamity recently. Like I like seeing like all the gold foiling and stuff and it's like just a, a blown up version of like those most playable SCRs. And also that's kind of the, the cool thing to me is that these cards that they're choosing are so playable um that like I know like people want to throw them in decks to like bling out a deck. Um so I know that some of them are probably gonna get you know, a little beat up in some of these decks. So from a collector side to me, that's going to keep pops low. And that kind of, uh, also gives me incentivization to like continue to chase them. Yeah. They, they've been from a player standpoint, they've been very hit or miss. Like it, it's very random. Like some of these regional sets this year were just horrid picks. Like no one wants to play these cards. And then some of them like really good picks So it's been very weird to see their, their card selection. I'm actually, I was telling Chris, I really hope because I know that the the fighters ambitious like or fighters ambition um, black smoke is like really popular right now, and I'm like hoping that oh, that yeah. card is like I want that as a regional so bad because I like I love black smoke. I just think he's <laughs> such a cool character. Uh, so like that's one that's one I'm like very very much hopeful for. In Papa that smoke. No, that 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 could be a really good one. A lot a lot of people do want that card. And the cool thing about that card is it's generic. So like decks that don't necessarily even need it can almost always consider it as a side deck option. So it's a it's a pretty it's a it's just a pretty um it's just, it's like it has a lot of utility. It can it can do a lot of different things for a lot of different decks. So that's definitely would be a good pick if uh, Bandai, if you're listening. But uh, all right, cool. Well, uh, E, what, what was uh, one of your favorite moments uh, of 2022? What was kind of what you liked the most? Oh, man. Um, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff. I don't have a lot of this cool stuff. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the closest I got to a God Rare was the one that I picked up for you um, from that from that you dude. Did. Oh, my God. Bless you, bro. I was so stoked. I was like, there's you messaged me. And you were like, hey, bro, you need a God rare? I was like, what? It, the deal was too good, man. I was like, are you sure you don't want it? You're like, no, I'm passing. So uh, let's, let's do it. <laughs> like, I could not pass that up, man. I mean, you're lucky it made it to you. I was like, man, he just sent me like this money and I've got this God rare like sitting in my living room. Like, yeah, could that, that, that could have been the last time I ever heard from you, you know? <laughs> I don't know, you know, like could have gone on the run one. I don't know how far I would have gotten. But, um, I mean, like some of the things that I've gotten really into, I gotta, I gotta give Chris a shout out for for getting me into the tournament, uh, the TP winner cards that Dar was talking about with like the the cool poses and the winner on the side. I think, I think when I finally started getting some of those, like seeing them in person, because like 
at the outset, when I would see them online, I was kind of like, ah, eh, you know, nothing, nothing great. And then when I would get them in person, I was like, oh, this actually has like some cool, like very subtle detail. And then that's really neat. And I also don't see anybody outside of like maybe Chris and Dar like collecting these and like having them in their PC. And I think little by little, that kind of stuff is appealing to me, which is why I like focusing on vintage, too, is because I don't see a lot of American collectors and I don't want to generalize with a broad stroke, but I don't see a ton of people like digging back in that in that chest a little bit. So I kind of like that. That's like the thing that I have to kind of set myself apart from these big ballers out there. But um, those TP winners are really cool. And then I think those um, regional winners, I like them. But the ones that I like the most, I think, are the Zenkai Cup winners like that SSB Vegeta and the Goku and Gogeta. Oh, my God. I just got the Vegeta in the mail, bro. It looks so good. Yeah. Uh, You miss miss the stamps. Like, I think the removal of the stamps from these cards is, in my opinion, a mistake. Because unless you actually know what the card is, it's very hard to, like, like somebody else looking at it won't really understand what the rarity is behind it unless it's labeled in a graded slab. Um and I think having some kind of stamp on it like defines it clearly as like this is a prize card from, you know, a regional or some kind of tournament that I think those cards need. Um, I also like those winner packs. Those winner packs are really neat. I'm still missing that like pixelated winner stamp on like a what was it like like Sigma card that they oh, had. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want that pack. Like I wasn't hot on the stamp before, but then when I saw that Sigma with the pixelated thing, I was like, really? oh man. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm like a GT fanboy. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that is the perfect stamp for that card, like a hundred percent. Um, and these new Zenkai winner ones, I just picked up the SS4 Goku. And again, like on pictures, I thought the stamp was kind of lame. But like for the SS4 Goku, at least, like it actually looks really cool in a very understated way. And so I'm I'm very into those winter stamps. That's kind of like the next thing I think I'm going to grade is my my set of those, although not 157 of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's been kind of what I've been keeping an eye out for. Nice. nice. I will say with, with the winter stamps, what he is saying is like there is a good bit of truth to that, because what I've noticed over like the past couple months of like just being like looking on TCG player and stuff like that is a lot of people will, uh, you know, they'll list like participation prizing as like finalist or side event or something like that. And like it messes up the pricing for that card because like some of those cards, like side event winners, like those, those have actually never been sold like on TCG player. Like all of that has been done in private deals and like somebody could like mislabel a certain card and like list it for like, two or three bucks and then somebody thinks that you know a side event winner is right that price where it's literally it's super super hard to find like there's you know sometimes what less than like 10 of them out there so yeah yeah, yeah. Very, very, yeah I think very the, rare. Stamps, the stamps definitely help um with identification um but that's i think that's kind of like why it's important for us too to try and get the message out there as collectors of doing this stuff of like what what is what um and honestly i, I rely heavily on interacting with players to to kind of help that and then also just you know making sure i navigate the the website to make sure pricing and um and stuff is right uh right listed for like when i'm sending out for grading or whatever yeah no for sure for sure um although the current version of the website oof like that card list searcher that they updated is oh it's so bad they they need to go back to the old one i don't know what they're doing 
I would, I, they just need like, it should be so simple to just have like a card database. And I just want a card database where I can see every card and also filter through every art, like all the different stamps, the judge stamps. I'm like, why is this so difficult? <laughs> like this should be the most basic feature that everyone has access to so they can look at the cards. I'm like, this is nuts. I wonder if any of that has to do with them, like expanding so fast with all of these games. Cause like with yeah, Digimon definitely and, could be. and now battle spirits, like they're just doing so much so fast to get into the TCG like space. Like, and I mean, they're, I mean, they're doing a good job. Like they're, they're getting a nice slice of that pie, but um, they cut corners when they do stuff like that because they're pushing so fast and so so quick to to get product out there for people now for sure for sure um all right before we wrap up our our talk about this year anything that they did that you really hate it or you really disliked i guess uh that bandai did from a collector standpoint or was this just like overall just like a goaded just amazing year i have not been in this long enough to say if this is a goaded year because I came in at set 10 like I was walking to Target and I was like, oh, damn, it's a Dragon Ball game. Like I had no clue about this. Wish I had known sooner. Um, but I would say that like this year has been pretty good. The one thing that I wish that they would kind of chill out on is the frequency of releases that they do um, so that they can focus on either slightly smaller sets with higher quality cards in them um or just like giving consumers a little bit of a break i feel like this year has felt like intense with there being release upon release upon release and then a reprint set and then an anniversary set and now we have the next set coming out and it's got like the main set i mean it's not 2022 anymore but like you know as an example we have like a main set followed by this expensive collector's booster box kind of like what magic the gathering is doing with like illustrator reprints of the same cards from the same set and then reprints or like alt arts of the alt arts like it's just <laughs> it's a lot it's, it's it's you know even even that fifth anniversary set which i know you were disappointed by and i think i was a little bit disappointed by it too you know like we're gonna have an alt scr and then an alt alt scr and it's like why can't we just have one really good alt scr and call it a day um, and I know that it's you know to get people to buy product and to make money like i i totally get the economics of it but I think um, maybe kind of slowing down a little bit and focusing on really having like for the players, you know, cards that actually are long term playable and not, you know, it sounds like having them be so deck locked is like a big issue right now. And for collectors to kind of like give everybody a little bit of a chance to breathe. Um, and on the printing side, like I've noticed in Zenkai, like the new foiling is great, but like, man, the print lines on those cards. Oh, yeah. Um, are pretty bad in some cases. Do you like think they're like, getting worse? Not what? necessarily, but I think the foiling that they've chosen makes those print lines pop out like uh, really. Okay, cool. I feel you. Okay, yeah. I think it it depends on the card. It, like so, the cards that have like more texture, you're not seeing that as much on. But like for instance, like the Super Saiyan Blue Kaioken Goku. Oh yeah, they're like, bad. That, yeah, that they one is super. But then if you like look at like the Gito or Bardock, it's not as noticeable. Uh, Dar, anything you wanted to add to that? I mean, I, I think I agree with you on like the releases definitely felt overwhelming, especially because like I, I collect multiple Bandai games. So like I was definitely spending way too much money. But um, I, don't, I don't know if there's anything that I necessarily dislike. I, I think for me, um, I would just 
I want the players to to kind of be happy with uh, prizing. That way, I can continue to buy prizing. <laughs> so I think that, I think they just need to really. I think they need to kind of walk a very fine line because, like, you know, with like last year's, like they gave out so much of like, um, like those regionals and stuff like that. Like it kills the values. I thought this year, like they did it really nice with like there was like the hype behind Godly Aura, um, and that was like the first, which was such a weird concept because it's like. It was the lowest on the totem pool out of those three when it first initially came out, but it had the highest price point. But like, <laughs> I think they just need to to make sure that they have like a fine line where like the prizing will be good enough so like the players can sell it, and then collectors are still happy because they're not oversaturating the market. Well, I'm happy this this has been way more positive than <laughs> than the players' <laughs> recap of this last year. So that, that makes me happy. I I I genuinely needed this more positive dbs talk in my life because it's been nothing but negativity from <laughs> from everyone i've been talking with so this, this has been this has been refreshing i always find it like really funny when i see on like it's just it's inevitable every so many months i just always see like somebody post like is the game dying is the game dying <laughs> it's been doom and gloom since like literally the set one yeah no it has it has there's there's definitely always those people all right, so so last question, and then we're going to get into some questions that uh, the Instagram community had for you guys. Uh, what would you like to see this year that Bandai do that either they haven't done before, something that you'd like to see them bring back, or really anything? Just let, what would you like to see for 2023? Oh, I've got some thoughts. Um, <laughs> one, I want to see Dragon Ball cards in cereal boxes like they did for Pokemon. Um, no, that's a joke. But I, that was, that was, I was like, was hold on. <laughs> no, I actually I think that what um, I, I like that they are not necessarily copying, but like taking a page out of the Dragon Ball Heroes playbook. And I think that Dragon Ball Heroes has been doing some really neat stuff with the dramatic art sets in the last two sets that they've released, which are like these um they're the cards have a slightly different framing it's like a small subset of like five or six cards that feature like really iconic moments from the show um and they look fantastic i just got a bunch of them in the mail they look really good they've also been doing like a more modernized update of card ass cards in dragon ball heroes and so like it's really neat to see kind of like a little bit of a modern take on the prism and the borders and all that stuff of these cards that like for at least in like Honda and Super Battle have been like so iconic in some of those sets. So I hope that like Dragon Ball Super in terms of when they're coming up with like alt arts and 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 you know rare cards and sets or things like that to throw at collectors that they're thinking about like an alt art doesn't necessarily have to have like you know a redraw and then tons of gold foiling all it on it even though it's cool like an alt art could be like the same art but in a more vintage style or something like that kind of like you know a throwback to like the 90s or something and i also like really want to see peelable cards because i think that that was one of my favorite things about vintage cards that you'd have like hidden prisms and i don't know how this would work in the game like, I think <laughs> have but it worked i mean like super battle was a game in and of itself even though it was not nearly as complex as as dbs so i think it's doable with some thought but like you had hidden prisms, which were non-foil cards that you peeled to reveal a full burst like prism card. And then you had double prisms, which were a prism that you'd peel to reveal a second prism behind it. And I think that that exploring that kind of like 
dynamic of having one card in a set like that or you know kind of like pokemon did with that that ditto that you could peel on the pokemon go set right right i think that's kind of cool i don't i mean i know it kind of edges on gimmicky but i think it kind of makes it a little bit more fun in a way and you know i like open packs and i think when i opened that ditto i was like oh this is sweet i get to peel a card like it was like being a kid again a little bit so those are the kinds of things i'd kind of like to see as a little bit more throwback to the vintage stuff that was out there yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed that as well. I would like them also to maybe incorporate some of those, like, some of those vintage-style, like, puzzles. Like, I thought World Martial Arts were meant for as much crap as it gets. Like, I, I enjoyed, like, Oh, the, no, bro, the that's my favorite set. That's my, that's my yeah, favorite uh, set. Yeah. I'm not yeah, lying. I, I, mean, I love that set. I think, yeah, it's, it's visually appealing to me, and, like, it reminds me of, like, being a kid with, like, putting together, like, the puzzles. And, like, I still really enjoy, like, the products. They're reprinting a lot of those old vintage card assets um me and e have been and gobbling that stuff up but it's like a lot of those like older sets they have like those you know you put the two cards together or you put multiple cards together and it makes like a nice big um you know art piece so i i enjoy that so good yeah it is um but i don't i'm trying to think of like anything else that i would really like to see them do i think it's it's probably hard for me to say just because i am only a collector i don't know like i feel like an experience for a player would be a lot of fun just because you guys are all getting together and, and doing stuff. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I wonder if they would ever <laughs> offer and like offer some type of event where it's like collector base, where it's not like a collecticon or something like it's just, you know, I, a Dragon Ball super convention where like collectors get together and something. I think that would be cool. That would be sick. I, I'm trying to think like how like that works, like how that's structured, but that would be really dope. I mean, I go, like that that sounds sick i i think it would be fun too and then also you know some of the like, the players and collectors can get to know each other and you, you feel a little bit more personal rather than just talking to somebody on the other end of the screen um and making it seem like a business transaction only so i, I think it makes a personalization to the game that would be beneficial for for both sides of it well before i uh move into uh some questions we got is there anything else that either of you would like to add for our to our conversation about this uh year in review for collectors well, I had a thought about in terms of like what to see, I think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but my perception is that in terms of the pricing, there's like a lack of clarity in terms of like what gets given out at what events. Like sometimes a prize is announced and it makes it seem like the event that it's being announced at is the only event that you can get that prize. And then all of a sudden, seven other events pop up and then you find out that there's like extra leftover pricing that's being passed out. Mm-hmm. And I think that for collectors, like I know, like when the serial Goku came out, like there was a group that definitely jumped on it. But I know that there's a group of collectors that are kind of like, nah, nah, just wait. Like it's going to be there. They didn't release all the stock. So like by the time those right, five other Well, events, you know the number, right? So like you already know. So yeah, that makes sense. Right. So like I, I feel like from a collecting standpoint, like I wish that Bandai would create some a little bit more demand in that kind of stuff by saying no, like like this serial Goku of like a like hundred or like 15 of them is only being given out at this event and maybe the following event and then never again so that you don't feel like kind of ripped off in a way when you're like, Oh, I'm going to get it now. And it's 1500 bucks. And then you find out that in six months it's been given out so many times, the value has gone down and then it doesn't really feel like some, that doesn't feel like a, a prize chase in a way, like at yeah. least with the metal, you know that there's like, the medals are given out once there's yep, three of yep. them there's scarcity around it so like they justify the premium that they hold 
But like even the uncut sheets, right? Like what a cool idea. But then all of a sudden you see people like they're, you know, it's pricing for another Zenkai Cup. It's pricing for another event. And so it kind of in my head is like, well, is it really that exclusive? Like, does it really make sense to chase if you're in that bracket of like exclusive price card price chasing? No, that's a so good I think point. some clarity around the pricing, I think, needs to be fixed up to give players a little bit of incentive too to kind of chase that pricing. No, I agree. I mean, it reminds me of the first time they did those, um, the winners that now you're collecting the the first go around of those, like the first time they ever did it, where they took the, you know, the gold stamp champ pack set for first place. And it had, you know, the gold, uh, I don't remember which was that. I don't know if that was the intoxicated by justice set or maybe it was the one with repo. I don't remember what one of those, whatever the first one was, the prices on those were insane. I mean, insane. I knew somebody that traded one, just one of those packs for like a PSA 10, like two PSA or no, a PSA 10 SIG and I think a PSA 9 SIG. And I was like, what? wow. I was like, you got that? He's like, yeah, bro. So these things are worth a lot. Then Nats comes and like, you get one, you get one. Here's another, here's another. I was just like, oh man, that guy got screwed. <laughs> So I agree. I, that's, that's a huge feels bad moment. So that's, that's a good point. Um, Dar, anything you want to add before we go into questions? Nope. I think that was a good point by him. Cool. All right. So, uh, that that's our year in review. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's, let's hop into these, some of these questions we've got here. We will start from the man who we thought may have joined us tonight. <laughs> I don't even know what his question is. <laughs> Uh, from Sea Earth Collects, he says, "Ask Dar how many height of masteries does he need to buy off TCG player to hit a black label?" I knew he would ask something stupid. So <laughs> he he's been giving me a hard time because the last month that I sent with him, uh, I I did I got a lot of tens and I hit on literally like I think all but one of them was like perfect centering, but I got a nine five surface. So he was like. You're a scrub. You can't hit black label anymore. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I tell him all the time that, and I, I, this is just my personal preference. The main reason why I'm okay with tens and not chasing black labels on like set cards is like, we truly like the same reason what he was just saying, like, we truly don't know how many are out there. And then whenever you have a card that is perceived as a big chase card, and I'm going to use, I'm going to use the, the hit signature card as like the, the card of choice here because for the longest time everybody asked a premium for that card everybody wanted it to be like the same price as awakened power when the card itself like hit is not a super popular character and then whenever they had jiren come along like that nerfed him even further so to me like that card didn't have like the fundamentals to it but people still ask the premium and then recently like more black labels have surface have surfaced on that card which the moment like more black labels surface where like a card goes from like one to two black labels to like three to five, like it just absolutely destroys that card. It becomes not as appealing. So I don't know. I, I don't know how many it would take me off of TCG player because <laughs> he had a very bad experience on TCG player, which he knows all too well. But uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, invest too heavily on something where I feel that there's a possibility that more could surface. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Next question comes from Willie Westgard. When looking at a collector item, 
is the art or character more important to you? I think character matters the most. I don't know. What about you, Ian? Um, well, you know, as like an as somebody who loves Go Tanks and Krillin, right? So uh, I'm I like all characters on Dragon Ball mostly. Like it could be the farmer with the shotgun, and if it had a cool art, I'd be totally down with it. So for me, like character is important, but I collect so much random like stuff that for me, I think the artwork is important like i can be convinced of like even a character that's you know from like uh super dragon ball heroes that i don't really know that much if they've got a cool artwork i can be into it um so for me for me artwork goes first all right i think i don't know i i think character matters just because until we grow and have more like niche collectors kind of like what he was talking about like maybe somebody who likes like krillin or somebody who likes tn like Right now, it's it's very much anything that sells. It's from the collector side is Vegeta or Goku. Oh, if you're asking in terms of for sale, then yeah, character absolutely matters in terms of like economics. But personally, for my collecting personal preference, yeah, at a personal preference, yeah. the work matters I, more than the, the character. For me too, I think I don't know. I I tend to uh, be more interested in like transformation as well. Like if there's a certain transformation that I like more, I'm probably more likely to chase those cards than, you know, cards that I, I'm just like, this transformation is kind of pointless. Interesting. Interesting. From, from a collector standpoint as a whole, just like in general, do you think that people tend to lean more towards specifically character? I, I feel like that's what I'm gathering more is when it comes to collectors as a whole, as of where we are right now. I mean, I, and I think it's reflected to, like, if you look at, like, prizing, right? So, when you look at prizing from, like, the past, like, we'll, we'll use last year. As you guys know, I just recently got my first medal. And in that prize year, you had, you had Goku, Sin, and Vegeta. And, like, for whatever reason, Sin is, like, not acknowledged in, like, the same breath as the other two for that year. Because he's just not as popular as a character. So, like, to me, I think... If you're going after something, you want to go after the most popular characters just to protect yourself. But if you if you're interested in being like a niche collector, then you know go for it. I mean, there's no wrong or right way to to collect. Um, but I think if you're if you're trying to look at like your entry level of purchasing in, and then like where you maybe see yourself cashing out, you have to kind of like weigh those options when you're buying some of the stuff. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I know he is a player too. So I think he was definitely trying to, I think he wanted to hear from each of you what your personal preference was, but I think that's why I asked the second, the follow-up question. Cause I think he also wanted to know kind of where the collector community stands just in general. What's, what tends to be, which way do they lean? So cool. Uh, definitely cool perspectives there. Um, all right. Next question is from TCG can two. Uh, he says, if a friend or she, he or she, uh, says, if a friend gives you a steal of a deal, should you offer the deal back to them before selling? <laughs> this is a funny question. So I, um, it, this is directed towards me. And yeah. so I, I bought, I bought a awakened power from him at the end of, uh, I think it was 2018. So before anything like boomed, I had bought. Like three raw oh, copies. Oh no! <laughs> I was looking. To, I was looking to buy. 
another copy because I had bought three copies, but I didn't necessarily like any of them that great. A lot of them at that time had like the specs and stuff like that, which is normal. Right, right. Um, So he, you know, he offered to sell me his, his, he had two of them. He had uh, two nine fives. One was a strong nine five and then the quad nine five that he sold to me. So he sold it to me in 2018 and I had it in my collection. Um, I had an opportunity to make a trade. I didn't actually sell it. I made a trade um, to (laughs) burn him to get a world's card. Um, and, uh, you know, I took that opportunity. He had, he had already sold out of the game. He had already sold all of his other previous signature cards um, and his previous Awakened Power. Never mentioned it to me that he wanted to do it um, or wanted it back. And he felt that I took parts of, you know, my collection, including two first edition, a Shining Charizard and a Shining Raichu to upgrade into one card. So it wasn't that it came at, uh, you know, it came at the cost for me from my personal collection on multiple cards, not just that one card. But he was a little, uh, he felt slighted for, for me not sending it back to him at 2018 prices, which he never even asked me about. <laughs> I said, there's some salt there. <laughs> there. There is some salt there. And I, you know, I, I apologized and I tried to hear him out and, uh, he blocked me because he felt that. That's whoa! I, I thought this was all like friends and oh, that's crazy. Oh, no. No, no, I, I was like, as soon as you're like from TCG Cantu, I was like, oh, oh this is nuts, go. bro! I was not yeah, expecting yeah, he, this at all. Yeah, he got he got really mad at me for. Uh, oh, that's not crazy! Him back four years later, all right. and he never even asked me about it. So TCG it Cantu, just, I'm gonna be real with you, bro. Once you get rid of a card, it's not yours anymore. The value yep. is only what it is at that time. So if you're slighted about that, that's very childish. So I'm gonna be real with you. You're you're you gotta take the L on this one, bro. Unblock them, say you're sorry, make up. Like we could ask a hundred different people, they're all gonna say the same thing, bro. So you gotta like if you're a homie, right? Like if I give you a card as a homie then you keep that card. I don't ever expect that card back. If I was expecting it back at some time, either one, I'm not a homie because I'm just trying to use this as weight over you once I want it back. Or two, I need to tell you like, hey, I'm letting you borrow this. But if I'm not saying borrow this, it's that's it. It's a done deal. Like that's like saying, that's like giving someone a gift at Christmas that you didn't know was going to go up in value. And you're like, oh, I need that shit back, bro. <laughs> like come on come on and then that that's there's so many levels to this because then it's like do you keep tabs on everyone and what they sell or get rid of if you've given like that tcg can too gotta let it go bro i'm telling you find it in your heart forgive him say you're sorry too you guys can have some milk and cookies all all will be well (laughs) i mean it's it's all good I'm i'm not mad about it i you know if I if I could have done it differently, if he wanted to talk about it beforehand, I would have. But like I said, there was never any conversations about ever wanting it back or anything. And I took an opportunity to upgrade my collection, and uh, you know, hey, I did what I thought was right for me. A couple of years after purchasing that card, yeah, you did nothing wrong. It's crazy that you would have thought about it because you're a lot nicer than me, Dar. I respect that. Yeah. You're you're way nicer than me. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, dang, I was not expecting that to happen. Uh, got, got, got some drama on the podcast. <laughs> well, we did waive our right to know the questions ahead of time in our defense. Yeah, yeah you did. You did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> all 
All right, we got one last one. Um, this is from Pokey BLT. I don't know if it's Pokey BLT or Built. Pokey Built. I don't know. BLT. BLT, All right. like the sandwich. Ba- bacon, lettuce, tomato, baby. All right, here we go. Why is AP the face of the game when it's like the fourth set released? Since it is the Dragon Ball Super card game and not like the Dragon Ball Z card game, I understand why like Goku and Ultra Instinct, like, you know, in all his glory in that card as the face of the game. But I am surprised that it still commands. I mean, I am surprised that I'm not given probably how hard it is to pull um, and how expensive the resale on those boxes are at the moment. But I am kind of surprised that it is still commanding such like a premium over everything else that's been released in that set before and since. It's funny because like this card, I, I feel like people think I hate this card and I actually don't hate it at all. But I think it's a really, really nice card. I just, I think it's very much overhyped because so many people are emotionally attached and got invested into it. So like, I think that leads it to being the face of the game because so many people flash it as like the the grail of the game but i think on in terms of like this goes back into like the character and transformation thing like i think ultra instinct is on par with like goku going super saiyan for the first time like i still think super saiyan like against frieza is the ultimate like transformation but i you i could you i could see realistic arguments for like ui as well sure um my my only concern with it like being the face is like what we were talking of, you had, um, me and Emmerich had talked about on our game, some or on our podcast or spotlight, rather. Um, we were talking about some vintage stuff, and somebody asked about this as well. I just, with what I'm seeing with Bandai doing with these reprints, and you said you didn't think this would ever happen. Like, I feel like they want to engage and get as many people into these games as possible. Like, I think that's a possibility that they could do like an Awakened Power GDR or some type of thing where like, it diminishes like the first printing of it. I don't understand why it's still the face personally, but I think it just was the reason why a lot of people got in and it just commands that. And it was, it's kind of in a, in a, a less, I guess, much less severe way. It's got the Charizard effect. Like no one knew how collectible that would be. So people weren't I mean, preserving that card. Like they, like people aren't preserving and weren't preserving awakened power back then. Like they would, if they pulled a God rare today. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's the interesting thing. If you look at like the pop reports, it actually shows like it is probably the most graded card and it actually has the highest PSA 10 conversion. Like, really? That's interesting. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, I don't know exactly what it was. I think the last time I saw it was like in the 430s. Do you um, think that's more of a, think it's more of a testament of just like the card quality itself? Or do you think overall, like, do you think overall as far as number of copies submitted to number of copies getting a 10? Do you think that that is proportionally actually greater than other cards people are chasing? It is. I mean, if really? you look at wow. like, okay. if, you, if you look at, uh, so for instance, if you look at SSB Vegeta, Vegito from like Union Force, yeah. like it's almost a dead even split of like tens to nine conversion rate. Like th- that technically is a harder card to get in a 10, but it's also like half the price. And that's also like, what's interesting about that is it's the first SCR as well. But I just think that because it's Goku, because it's the first like really ultra instinct card that like he where he's like finally kind of mastered it from like the show. Um, I think that's why it's the face. I think it's just more of like the defining moment of the new series. So that's why it gets that notoriety. And I think it's it's rightfully deserved. Um, the only thing that I don't like about it was like it's high. last year. 
when last year when people were like manipulating it, like there was no need for that card to ever be like five thousand dollars in the PSA ten. Like, right. Like if you're the most traded card in the game, like there's only so much. Even like Charizard doesn't even have that effect. Like if you look or you try and get like a Charizard in a PSA nine, like it's a, a commonly traded card. Like those cards shot up during COVID and have shot right back down. So like, yep. You just have to weigh your options of like what you're trying to do as far as like what we talked about before, entry cost of getting in, where you're looking to maybe cash out, or do you just really love something so much that you just never want to part with it? And see, look at that. This is this is why I have you guys on. This is why uh, this is why it's important that players understand more because that's something I didn't know. But see, a collect like I'm sure collector that's probably common. Like they probably most collectors that are real into it probably realize that. I had no idea. So very cool. Very cool. I mean, I think he would probably agree with this though too. If like if there is like a card, like a set card that I'm probably wanting to add as like my first card if I'm really diving in, it is probably that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would agree. Like I'm I kind of wish that I had one. I have the French version and I'm pretty stoked about that. Like I feel like that's the awakened power at home. You don't have of, you don't just have a French version. Tell him go ahead and tell him what it is. Oh boy. Well, it's it's a pop one. Um, there's only like six in the pop report for PSA. So people aren't really grading them. And I probably shouldn't say that. Well, I've said it. So it's too late. So <laughs> but, but it is the first it is the first PSA 10 version of the card. And I haven't seen the English version in person nice. yet. Like there's a bunch of things that I haven't seen it. I would love to have an English version to go with my French version, because that's kind of like what I'm trying to do is is get matching 10s of SCRs and SPRs in both languages. Um, but you know, it is a nice card. Like even even French with like the foiling that it has, like it is a really nice card. I don't think it's like my favorite card in all of Dragon Ball Super. I think my favorite card will be like the upcoming yet to be announced Krillin or Master Roshi SCR. <laughs> hey. so like, you know, still waiting for that. But yeah, I think I, everything I think makes sense. I yeah, I just think I think it's always gonna be at least perceived as a top 10 card. I just, I can't imagine a reality where it's not. Um, but like I said, it's, you know, it's a, it's the most traded card. Um, I, I would personally think that it should be closer related in price to like the signatures of that set, but you know, whatever makes people happiest, like if that's the, the one that people want to make it be the one that's the cream of the crop by all means. All right. Uh, one last question and it comes from me. Um, what was your favorite pickup this year for 2023? 20, no, 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 20, 2022, 20, all of 2022. Um, so actually the, the card that I uh, got from my buddy, Brony, and shout out to him. Um, I got a black label, uh, super saiyan rose championship card, which is top two card. Um, That's and I, nuts. Know, I got rid of some very big Pokemon cards I had in my collection along with uh, an Awakened Power for it. So um, I was very happy with getting it. It was one of my favorite cards, but I unfortunately had to to sell it to fund this year's goal. That's nuts, man. Ooh. All right. E, what was your favorite pickup? Uh, I, I think grading that, that, that French Awakened Power to me was like... Mm. Probably my, I mean, I just, I started grading this year and I had, I've had some really good success. I, I graded the first black label Oath of Z and then sold it the same day that I got it. Cause somebody tossed me a ridiculous offer. And that was, that was pretty cool. And I have a, like another card that, that came back um, from that same sub with a black label grade. But I think that 
that PSA 10 um, French awakened power and the fact that there's only six in the pop report and one 10, I think at least for now, there's another collector in Belgium who's like, we're both trying to fill flood the pop report with, with foreign cards. <laughs> um, you know, I think that was a really nice surprise given how terrible the printing is out of the Belgian printing presses. I mean, those cards pack fresh come out um scratched dented mangled like you just would think that a dog had chewed on them before they went into the pack so that's I was that's crazy from uh from christian who's pretty active uh, i think bottom dollar trading um he's pretty active on facebook and um he's been selling me a lot of foreign cards actually and uh which is really awesome and he sold me that copy and i i had a feeling that it could get a 10 and it did so that was pretty sweet Nice, nice, man. For, for anybody looking for uh, the, the comparison and contrast between like English and like the French versions, I think Tom, Top Son Goku, has one on his YouTube page uh, where he opened up some like blisters and he had really good pulls. Um, but yeah, they like he pulled them pack fresh and they were just like destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. What the hell? Uh, all right. Well, um, wow. that's that's everything. That is that is everything. That is the collector's year in review. Talked about a lot. Talked about all kinds of things. Um, guys, anything else that you'd like to cover before we wrap this up? Can we ban Chris from asking stupid questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would say he could defend himself, you know, but he's not here. So oh, no. I, I guess we have to. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you having us on, Jimmy. It's it's nice to be uh, like on the opposite side of it because we're guiding like the questions and stuff like that. So it's it's fun to always do the inverse of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add other than than just saying thank you for having us on and um, really appreciate getting to know you better this year. And and um, it's it's pretty nice to be able to talk about this stuff. Yeah, likewise, guys. I'm I'm super stoked to have you on. Um, I don't know a lot of the collectors. I've been trying to kind of like how you guys have been trying to connect more with players like you've talked about in this episode. Uh, I feel like over the last year, I've been trying my best to make more of an effort to connect with with other collectors. And it's it's been a really fun experience. And um, but getting you guys on the show is really a goal for me. So I'm, I'm really excited to E to have you on and, and Dara to have you back on. Um, and before we close out just one more time, if you guys want to drop how people can, uh, follow you, uh, that way our listeners can, can hop on Instagram and, uh, check all your stuff out. Uh, I'm Z collector 86 and I am mythical saying Dar Gib. Perfect. And I will, uh, put their accounts in the show notes so you can check them out. And, uh, but yeah, guys, again, thank you so much. And, uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, thank brother. You. Thank you. I got a special order on a pallet of sweets for Jocko. Wait, aren't you Monaka? Monaka's delivery service. All right. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that episode, taking a little break from player content, diving a little deeper into the collector space. Don't do those episodes too often. I know uh, most people listening here are primarily players, but I know there's also a good amount of us, myself included, that does enjoy collecting. And there's some collectors who check this out as well. And I think it's important that we continue to bridge that gap between players and collectors. A lot of times players tend to uh, not play so nice with the collectors and vice versa. Sometimes there can be some tension, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, 
we're, we're both just enjoying Dragon Ball cards. So <laughs> uh, I think it's important that we kind of bridge that gap, bring, bring both communities together. Only positive things can result from that. Uh, that said, let's jump into listener questions. This is a long episode, so I'm only going to do one today. Uh, this will come from patron rabbit squirrel. Uh, John asked if Marvel snap did a collab with Dragon Ball, what card or character would be in the game? And what do you think it would do? All right, so this isn't what I would want. This is what I think that they would do if they did a collab. Because if I, if it was my choice, it, oh man, I mean, you guys already know. It'd be Roshi, Oob, or Beerus if it was my choice, right? But uh, that's not the question. The question is, what would they do? So I think it's pretty obvious. I think that they would do Goku. Uh, you could, you know, they are pushing Gohan as of that last movie. So they, I could see like a beast Gohan. Like I'm pretty sure Fortnite just got like Gohan and Piccolo. Yeah. You know what? I could see, I could see a beast Gohan Marvel snap card, uh, given superhero. They're trying to push Gohan, all that jazz. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say beast Gohan because Goku's the obvious answer, right? Let's, let's be a little more fun than that. I'll say it's beast Gohan. Um, and then what would it do? What would it do? Uh, I feel like Beast Gohan would have to be like a big card, but you don't want it to just be like a full like six drop tank that just drops and wins. Gohan's more tactical, right? But you also don't want the easy cost reduction. So it couldn't be a four drop because you don't want to play Zabu and then play it for three. So I think it's a five drop. I think five drop is probably where you want Gohan to be. And it's got to be something like something tactical, right? So I feel like it's not a super high power. But a very strong effect. Uh, very, very strong effect. Very strong effect. I'm talking like arrow levels of, of effect. Um, so maybe a little less power than arrow. So arrow right now is a seven. So let's say Gohan's a five-five. Okay, so like well balanced. That, that makes me think of Gohan. And then, oh man, the effect. This is hard. This is hard. I should have I should have prepped before just just jumping into this question. Uh all right, let's say. Five five. I feel like this would be an on reveal effect for sure. Not ongoing. This is an on reveal. No, no, no. You know what? Screw that. He's a five seven. He just gets a, a very. He it just reminds me of Arrow. Like, I feel like this would be a, a similar card to Arrow. So he, instead of moving the card that they played that turn, this is gonna be. No, no. no. You know what? Five eight. We're going. We're going bigger than Arrow. Move. Move one card at this location to a random other location. So it just, you just play it. It just moves any one card to a different location. That sounds broken when I say it, but you know, whatever, Rose Gohan, he's got, he's got to come in and, and just clean up on the game. So yeah, five, eight on reveal, move one opposing a card to another location or however it would need to be worded. I'm, I'm free ball on this. So don't, don't hate on me too much if I didn't, didn't use the right keywords, but yeah, he moves a card to random location. So that, that could be really crazy, especially if uh man, like, especially if you have priority, you know, and they only have one card in that location, you just move it. You don't have to worry about what they're going to play. It just moves that one card. Uh, or if you already won the location, you just play into it. 
that way your opponent's card, they can't win that location. It forces them that no matter what, they're not going to win. I mean, you would hope at least because you're moving a card now. Uh, yeah, I've, I like it. I like it in my head. I like it. So 5-8, move a random card, Beast Gohan. That is my answer, sir. <laughs> Thank you for the question. Also, want to shout out Amprov, bro. Matt, you've been supporting the Patreon for a hot minute, man. And uh, you've been active in the Turtle Squad team. I appreciate you. Thank you for being a patron. Uh, if you guys want to jump in and support the podcast, uh, feel free. Check out the Patreon. Uh, we start the lowest tier, I believe, is $5. You get access to competitive articles, tournaments every month, uh, live streams, all kinds of good stuff like that. And then we have other tiers, too. Like the next tier up, I do an exclusive Patreon podcast uh, once a month. So that's that's always fun and all kinds of things that we're doing. You also get access to the Turtle Squad that I just referenced. That's our Patreon-exclusive Dragon Ball team. We do monthly team testing, help each other get ready for events, make sure we all have partners for Team Wars, all kinds of things like that. So, you know, if competitive Dragon Ball is something you want to get into and you're interested in maybe one day getting onto a team, this kind of gives you just a little taste of that experience. And uh, as far as Team Hermit style, we pull from the Turtle Squad. So our last uh, two members that joined, Nick Green and Lee, uh, we, we pulled both those. They were both of them were patrons. We pulled them up to the team because they were killing it. Uh, now, now they're on on the official team hermit style. So if that's something you're interested in. That's a good step towards that direction. Um, and again, if you just like my content, I do uh, all kinds of different things on there. I actually dropped the this is a new perk. I dropped the public podcast. I dropped the main topic early on there so you can listen to it a little bit before everybody else. Uh, they actually got this last month, uh, this episode. And, um, yeah, I'll kind of do market observations where I break down, uh, pricing of cards, cards, maybe you should go after maybe cards you should sell quick or hold. Uh, right now I've got a cool series going on where I'm taking older sets or more limited sets like draft boxes, expansions, starters, promos, things like that. And, uh, talking about just good pickups, like what are some good, like real cheap cards that one day maybe they get support and all of a sudden it's the next buyout. Uh, so trying to help you get ahead of that curb there. So I've already done all the draft boxes. Now I'm moving on to different sets. But yeah, we're just just always doing fun stuff. I bring on the guys from the team on there too. So I'll get off my soapbox about this. But if that's something you're interested in, if you just like my content and want to support, that's a great way to do so. And it helps to keep the podcast going. Uh, but anyways, stay tuned. Next episode, it's already recorded, already ready to go. I'll probably drop it this week too. I did an awesome show with Aspira where we give our thoughts on the digital client that is coming soon. We don't have much detail, so it's a fun speculation episode and we kind of give our takes on what we think it'll be, what we think it needs to be, and uh, just kind of, you know, giving some realistic expectations uh, for what we think will happen once it drops. But anyways, thank you again for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Yeah, I got the real world problem on my back.